a reflection that I think we need to have. And, you know, this idea of the definition of success, how do you define you're enough so that you can not just make a living, but make a life as well. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. In the past two episodes, I've been weaving a thin thread that's been running through them all and have connected them in a small but helpful way. I've been talking about how you can become more emotionally secure and foster healthy relationships. And we've also explored the paradox of low self-worth among high achievers. And in this episode, I wanted to tie up the thread with talking about work and the game of life. To help me do this, I invited my friend, colleague and mentor, Sarah Santa Croce, as a guest on my podcast, and Sarah had recently shared with me about a new idea and concept that she'd been working on uh, as an extension and expression of her Humane series, which involved work, how we look at and engage with work, the jobs we have and do. Sarah Santa Croce is the founder of the Humane Business Revolution. She is also an internationally recognized LinkedIn consultant, entrepreneur, podcaster, a hippie turned business coach, and the author of Marketing Like We're Human and Selling Like We're Human books. Sarah herself often shares about her own situation that birthed the Humane Business Revolution when she was doing inner work with a therapist. And in one of the particular sessions, with tears in her eyes, she told her therapist, it's so darn hard to be different. And even though it felt like a breakdown to Sarah, she described it as a breakthrough. It was a turning point where Sarah was ready to take the risk and give herself permission to do business and marketing herself her way, even if that meant that she'd fail the first few times. This realization inspired a yearning in Sarah to create a global movement that encourages entrepreneurs and marketing impact pioneers to bring more empathy and kindness to business and marketing and giving themselves permission to be different. In Sarah's incredible books, Marketing Like We're Human and Selling Like We're Human, she's helping people to redefine what it means to be in business and do business. And the next body of work she's incubating is this idea about business like we're human. Sarah was kind enough to come on my podcast to share some very early thoughts on the topic. And this is a very special conversation to me, partially because I get to share Sarah's work with you, the listener, in real time. And also because I have so much admiration for Sarah and the difference she's making in the world. So I asked Sarah to quickly share a bit about her idea of the Humane series and its meaning. And she told me that even though it might not be a key word that people are searching for, it still seems to be a word or a concept that is interesting to a lot of people. You know, there's nothing for humane marketing. It was, it's just, that was two years ago. It wasn't in that zeitgeist yet. Uh, now it probably still isn't a keyword that a lot of people look for, 
But what they were looking for is marketing like we're human, um, selling like we're human. Um, anything like we're human was kind of like, at least on Amazon, um, a, a word, a keyword that people were looking for. And so I was like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that really resonates. I, you know, I like that. And so we decided to change the title into um, marketing like we're human. And then it just only makes made sense to to follow up the second book with selling like we're human. And I always I already planted the seed when I built the website for uh, doing business or yeah, doing business like we're human, humane business. Uh, it's up there on the website. It's just right now there's no book yet, but there will be eventually. So, so yeah, that's how these, um, this kind of topic, and I just went with it because it made so much sense. So now the workshops that I'm putting out there is, they're all themed in that way. It's like right now we're doing writing website pages like we're human and, and people love it. They're like, yeah, this, and it, you know, it, it really goes with the time because especially now all this talk about um, AI, chat uh, GPT and, you know, all this AI that's around people want that more human approach and so the minute you say like we're human they're like oh what's that i want to know more right sarah had started her business revolution under a different name at the time calling it the gentle business revolution but due to a nasty trademark infringement claim she eventually decided to pivot and change her branding and she went on to explain it to me i was looking for a different word that means gentle and and it just happened to also be human. And I think I, I found humane because I went back to my website as I was going through this dark night of the soul, thinking, what am I going to do? What kind of word am I going to come up with? Um, and all these words were already trademarked. Once you actually tap into this trademark business, you're like, everything is already protected. And then it, it was right there on, the, on my website. I had already put the line, um, bring the human connection back to marketing so that's always been on my website and, and so it just made sense to also um yeah to go towards human and humane and so you asked me for a definition it means yeah it means gentle it means with empathy it means kind it means treating with each other with respect and uh integrity and mindfulness it means you know, that we're in this thing together as a larger humanity. That's also what it means. So, yeah. And, and using the business in order to bring more empathy and kindness to the world. Sarah is on a mission to reinvent the way we look at business, making business and doing business more holistic and sustainable. I'm always a bit too early for, for all the things that I bring to the world. Um, but at the same time, right now, like I said, everything like we're human is kind of, you know, people are interested in. Um, to me, business like we're human is coming away from this idea of pure work. You know, we need to work eight hours. Uh, every day and this definition of work, how we define work to me needs to change. Um, 
I remember having a conversation uh, with uh, a colleague, um, Steve, who wrote a book called The Beautiful Business. It's a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. Um, but what was interesting to me is where I noticed how much we are aligned. And then there was something he said that I realized, well, on that level, we're not aligned. I kept talking about radical um, change, about radical you know, revolution, completely different. And he's like, no, but I'm, I'm just talking about making some adjustments. And I said, no, we, we, we really need to reinvent the way we think about work and business. And so that's, that's how I look at it. I, I, I look at it more as, you know, as a society, as a generation, we need to continue. Yes, obviously we, we, money will not go away, but we just need to find other ways to make a living that doesn't kill us, right? That, that we can have this balance and that's overrated, of course, this work-life balance. But yeah, it really truly is about um, being humane to ourselves, really coming up with different ways of working because I, I find myself kind of in this field of, you know, sustainable um, workers, people who are change makers, who want to really, yeah, help this world. And yet when I look at their work definition or how they de define themselves, they're still in this old paradigm model where they are now killing themselves because they work so much uh, in order to create change. But the problem with that is that if we then lose them because they overwork themselves, then, then we haven't learned anything. And so that's where this idea of being humane to ourselves also comes in. At this point in our conversation, I mentioned my own story of overworking and sacrificing my well-being, all because at the time it was how I derived my self-worth. And I pointed out how I was too busy making a living to make a life. How can we make a living and also make a life? Um, again, it has to do with this idea of that we have, the, you know, since the industrial revolution probably even before that that we just need to work eight hours every day and if we're not working then you know we're doing something wrong so it, it really is a whole paradigm shift and a mental shift of course to think well how can i still earn money make a living but at the same time really take care of myself and make a life and do what matters most and that might mean you know growing a garden or just being outside more reconnect with nature and and that yeah how we us entrepreneurs obviously maybe it's a bit easier but not even because a lot of them are still working you know 10 hours per day or or more but even in businesses how can we start to prioritize differently and obviously yeah, then the whole profit uh, stakeholder and shareholder conversation has to come up because right now, while we're in a capitalistic society where it's all about work and it's all about making more profit. And that's a conversation that I think I feel so privileged that I have a 
some kind of platform where at least as entrepreneurs, we can think about that. It's like, because sadly enough, even entrepreneurs started to think in the old model, right? It was always about making more and more and more. And, and so you see entrepreneurs who are burned out completely as well because they just, yeah, took on too much. And so the, yeah, what I'm trying to um, really discover is how can we make a living enough? And that's probably a big word, enough, right? Like redefine our enough. Sarah mentioned how it's always about making more and more and more. But more isn't always better. Better is better. Which is a statement from the book A Company of One by Paul Jarvis, which helps you redefine what running a business is about and invites you to redefine what success looks like to you. When it comes to talking about a different way to do work, I think the book A Company of One is a great contribution to the conversation and Sarah shared this sentiment and we ended up talking more about the book's influence on our perspectives on business and work. In the book, Paul Jarvis goes on to talk about how as an entrepreneur, you want to define what success looks like to yourself and not simply follow what everyone else does. Paul questions the old growth for growth's own sake paradigm and invites the reader to set an upper limit to how much they want to make in terms of revenue. I often point out that the purpose of an income is to meet your lifestyle goals. That's it. And sometimes you simply don't know what your lifestyle goals are, which means that you get to explore and find out. Or worst case scenario, the way you're making your income currently is in direct conflict with your lifestyle goals. Say that one of your lifestyle goals is to be a healthy and present parent. And currently, how you're making your living means you're having to sacrifice your health and your time being with your family. This would be an example of what I call being in direct conflict with your lifestyle goals. Instead, you want to seek to build your business or your job around your life, not your life around your job. You want your job to support your lifestyle goals, not compete with them. A reflection that I think we need to have, and you know, this idea of the definition of success, how do you define your enough so that you can not just make a living, but make a life as well. I think by default today, we all define ourselves by who what we do, not who we are, right? A lot of times you see it in networking events. You see it, of course, in the corporate level. It's all about your title and, and what you do. Um, and so going away from that is really, really difficult. You see that even with people who retire and all of a the sudden they fall down this giant hole because they don't know who they are anymore. And so it's, it's, it's almost like we need to redefine our purpose without always making our work our purpose. It can still be part of our life and our purpose, of course, but there needs to be something else because, um, yeah, because otherwise I just feel like it's not enough anymore. This reminded me of the concept of the game of life and how psychologist George Pransky talks about it. Imagine a chart with two axes. 
one vertical and one horizontal. The vertical axis represents your essence, your physical, psychological and spiritual well-being. It's your innate and natural state of well-being. Simply put, it's who you truly are. The horizontal axis represents everything you get to do in life, all the roles you get to play. Think the job you get to have, the family you get to make, and the hobbies you get to keep, and all the roles you get to play, the partner, the siblings, the child, the parent, the boss, the savior, the scapegoat. Really any role that you get to play throughout your life. That's what can be called the game of life. Anytime you confuse who you are with what you do, you will of course at times, if not more than often, feel bad when you then have a bad day at work or when something goes against you, when there's an obstacle, criticism or failure. You can see when someone has made the mistake of confusing the two, of who they are with what they do. You can tell from their body language, from the verbal language being used, from their general mood. They seem burdened, down and stressed. And what they are failing to see is what they do is simply not who they are. What they are is way bigger than that. They are the vertical axis of innate physical, psychological and spiritual well-being. And so are you. The roles you get to play and the things you get to do aren't things you have to do. Listen to my words here. It's what you get to do. And if you choose not to partake in the game of life, you could simply live life as you are, complete and innately enough. Now, you might ask yourself, or me for that matter, if you're innately enough, if your natural state of being is a state of well-being, why would anyone concern themselves with the game of life? Why you might want to play the game of life is because taking part can offer growth and contribution, both elements that can help provide meaning and purpose. If this business never happens anymore, I'll be fine. You know, I'll be just Sarah and that's going to be fine. So maybe I don't, I'm not saying that we all need to go through some really dark times, but I think, you know, some time to reflect upon, well, who are you and what's your role in this world? Even if you don't have you know, your title or your business or whatever it is. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I think it's important. And, and I was um, practicing kind of with that in some networking, like we're human sessions a while ago, and I want to bring them back, but having people present themselves in a networking situation without saying what they do is really really hard you know people are like they they're we're hiding behind some kind of title um just because we we yeah we don't usually um are in a situation where we need to define ourselves by who we are there's so much more we can uncover <laughs> that's what i have to say for now <laughs> there's so much more we can cover sarah's absolutely right and i do hope 
to have Sarah back in the future in one of the episodes that I might be able to record with her to hear more about her ideas on work and how to define success and the way one does business. After the conversation, I went back to my copy of Sarah's book, Marketing Like We're Human, to find some of the questions that she's listed to help readers start to uncover how they can better align themselves with what they do in their business. I wanted to share the questions here with you in hopes that you will start to define things on your own terms. These are only some of the questions from the book, and for a fuller experience, I invite you to buy your own copy of a book, Marketing Like We're Human. What is your definition of success? What does it look like when you're successful? How does your definition reflect your core values? What makes you unique in your field or in what you offer? Maybe this involves your story. How do the words you use to communicate with your ideal clients reflect your uniqueness? What impact do you have or do you want to have on your clients and the world. What kind of people do you resonate with? Are you attracting clients that resonates with you? If you want to learn more about Sarah and her work, she's again launching her Marketing Like We're Human program, which is an, an online group program, which is also called the Client Resonator to better reflect the program's ultimate goal, helping you attract your ideal clients. Throughout the program, you'll be working on who you are, who your clients are, figuring out your humane marketing superpower, and then bringing more of yourself to your marketing, and in so, becoming a client resonator. Now, if this is interesting to you, there's a link in the show notes that takes you to the the page where you can read more about the program. And if it's a great fit for you, then I strongly recommend it. I've gone through it twice and I think it's a brilliant experience for anyone who's looking to redefine their way of running their own business. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episodes by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an upcoming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.